0: Hello, my name is Charles Wright, and welcome to the Complete in Christ podcast, where we endeavor to fit the pieces of our lives together according to the Word of God. Here on Complete in Christ, we're trying something new and kicking off a sermon series. The title of the series is What's in Your Heart? And it's taken from a sermon that I preached in 2019. And the aim of that sermon was that by better understanding the link between our hearts, our beliefs and our decisions, that we would be convicted and ultimately compelled to ask God to show us what he sees in our hearts and then be determined to genuinely and earnestly seek him to renew our hearts and our minds. The sermon is taken from Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, and I pray that it blesses you. Let's get to it. And today we're going to be really talking about guarding your heart uh, and and just as a uh, kind of a a verse, kind of an overarching verse, even though we're not going to just stay in this one verse. We're just kind of continuing through Hebrews 3. We were in 12 last week, uh, and now we're in 13 today, uh, where uh, it says, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, And sometimes when we kind of walk through the Bible, especially if we kind of break it up in, in, in a series or Sunday to Sunday, we lose a little bit of the continuation of thought, right? So I don't want you to kind of see this as like a whole separate another verse, right? I mean, when, when the writer of Hebrews penned this letter to the church and to the believers, um, that writer did not say, okay, verse 12, and then put a sentence down, verse 13, then put a sentence down. That has been added for our benefit, right? Uh, and so think of it like you would be writing a letter to a friend as a continuation of thought. And so that continuation of thought stems from what we talked about last Sunday, uh, where the warning is for us to take care, right, uh, to make sure that we aren't led away by our evil and unbelieving hearts. And then it continues in this, but right, exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so just by way of a little bit of rehearsing and reminder, we'll talk a little bit about what happened last Sunday. So recall, um, verse 12 presented us with a caution, a condition and a consequence. Right. And last Sunday, we focused mainly on the condition. The caution was the take care. And we talked about that that verb was in the imperative, which meant that it was not a suggestion, that it was a command that the writer intended for the hearer to do something different, to do something about the rest of what they were about to share with them. The condition we just talked about, right, it was an evil and unbelieving heart, and the consequence was that it would lead you away from God. And so last week we focused heavily on the condition, and based on several biblical references we walked through it, we saw that our hearts are basically not good. But they are evil. Right. And we pointed out that the notion of good and evil uh, can be a sticking point for some of us because uh, we approach it from the world's perspective of good and evil. In other words, the world defines good and evil kind of like we said in kind of like movie terms, kind of Hollywood terms. Right. Mass shootings, bombings of public places, um, uh, kidnapping, physical, sexual abuse. These kinds of things are evil right? According to the world uh, and are done by evil people. And that makes sense, right? And as long as you aren't doing these kinds of things or doing things at the level of these types of things, uh, then you're basically a good person. Because we're not all out running and shooting and bombing and, and kidnapping, so we're all kind of basically good. But we were careful last Sunday not to use the world's definition of evil because, like the Scripture says, that way is broad, right? Right? broad is the gate that leads to destruction, but narrow, right? And so there's a narrower definition that the Bible gives us for what evil is. And the Bible says that what it boils down to is a very, very simple principle in that doing what I want to do instead of what God says to do is evil, right? Amen. Our hearts by default want to satisfy our flesh, they want to do what's pleasing. They want to do what satisfies, what satiates, what, um, cont- what, what, what satisfies our sinful desires, basically, our selfish desires. And by definition, if we're following our hearts, then we are being led away from God. So all that talk, and this is what we discussed last week about just follow your heart, Kenny. Just go with what you feel deep inside. Just, just just quiet yourself and listen to what your heart tells you and then act on that. It's going to lead you away from God because your heart wants to satisfy your sinful desires. Your heart wants to satisfy your flesh. Your heart wants to do, your heart wants the gospel songs that sing about you. <laughs> And we discovered that there is a consistent theme that's first revealed in Genesis, and then throughout all of scriptures, we established that the heart of the problem for man is that man has a problem of the heart, and his heart has to ultimately be redeemed and then renewed. Lastly, 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 we had some homework to do, all right? Psalm one thirty nine twenty three and 24, Right? Uh, And we were looking at that verse, praying that verse, asking God to show us what is in our hearts (laughs) with the understanding that he already knows. (laughs) We're not asking God, God, search my heart and see if there's anything in there that you don't like. But really, we're asking God, search my heart and show me what you already have identified you don't like. I need to be on the same page as you, God. This is not a, a a a discovery for you and me, God. This is this is like when you know my parents are here when when they when after you had supposedly cleaned your room and then they bring you back and say, "Do you see anything?" <laughs> does this room look clean to you? Does it does this look like what you know what? And so it's they already know. We're not in there thinking, "Well, hmm, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't. Have, you know, no." They know what they're trying to get you to see. And in the same way, we're asking God to do the same thing with our hearts, but we're asking him to reveal those things to us. And we were to ask him to do that, not uh, so that we uh, would be made ashamed, not just so that we would be riddled with guilt, but so that we could repent, so that we could ask for forgiveness. And then we could begin to guard our hearts against what he reveals to us so that we would not be led away from him. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, just a little bit, I want to look at verse 13 as we move into today. We're going to spend a little time here and then kind of branch out like we did last Sunday into some other scriptures, into some other verses and some themes. Um, But the verse says again, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Now, if you did the homework. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Uh, I'm not going, to you know, kind of eyeball everybody to see if you did the homework. But if you did the homework and you did it genuinely and earnestly ask God to show you your heart, then I have no doubt. I have no doubt at all that he did just that because it's what he wants to do anyway. This is a prayer that he is readily, readily willing and, and, and ready to answer in the affirmative. And if he revealed those things to you, then I wager to say that you were broken by what you saw. You may have been saddened by what he showed you, even ashamed by what he shined his holy light upon. But guess what? You're not alone. We're in this thing together. I, I just, just by way of just some anecdotes, uh, you know, some people have, have been compelled. I told you, I said, no, you don't have to tell me, don't tell me what the Lord showed you, but some people have shared, and that's, and that's good, that's fine, I appreciate it, but, but I had a, a conversation just this, just this morning, someone said that, that the Lord showed it to me, and then they said, I was afraid to ask for any anymore. <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't want to see anymore, right? And I get that, right? I'm like, whoa, Lord, okay, stop right there, right? Let me just deal with what I've got to deal with, with just what was shown to me in this moment. But again, we're not alone. This is why I believe that verse 13 starts off with um, exhort one another. Exhort sounds like a churchy word, right? Exhortations. When you say it, it sounds like you've been somewhere. You put your hands like this and say exhortations. (laughs) But all that means is encourage one another. Comfort one another. Console one another. The original Greek actually carries with it the idea of calling along one side. Come along one side with each other. Tell Pete, come walk with me. Right? Let me encourage. Let me comfort you. Let me console you. Let me admonish you, right? As we move through this thing together, as the Lord is showing us just what's in our hearts, let me encourage you as you encourage me to keep pushing at this thing. Why is that? Why is that? Well, first, right, we need to comfort one another, encourage one another, console one another, admonish one another to make sure that we aren't led away from God. That puts us right back in the text uh, securely in verse 12, right? And we don't want to be led away by that evil and unbelieving heart. So we're encouraging one another to continue to do the things that need to be done to make sure that you don't get led away by an unbelieving, evil heart. But also, but also, but also, we don't want to be, and this is what we find out in verse 13, deceived by our own sins. Right? We don't want to be hardened by the deceitfulness of our sins where we become accustomed to them because we haven't been asking God to reveal them to us and now instead of it being a foreign invader it becomes it's taking up residence now right and as the scripture says i become hardened by it in other words i become stubborn right I'm numb to it. I'm not moved by it anymore. I'm not broken by it because it's now just part of the family. And so everything now has to flow around this sin. And verse 13 says, look, you need to make sure that you are encouraging one another, that you are admonishing one another, You you are comforting one another, you are exhorting one another to make sure that you aren't led away by your unbelieving evil heart and that sin doesn't deceive you into thinking that it's okay. Mm -hmm. So this morning, we are going to focus on the taking care we talked about of the guarding of our hearts, right? With a mind towards what it is that the Lord showed us this week, but also with a mind towards now how do we come along one another exhorting and making sure that we all kind of move in the same direction, amen? Amen. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about a simple relationship that I think helps to kind of set the context for why this is important. So if I were to ask you a question and I asked you, hey, why is your career where it is? Why, Why is your relationship status in the shape that it is? Why are your finances looking like they are? Why is your health in the condition that it is? Some general questions no matter what shape those are in, good or bad, you would more than likely begin to tell me about certain decisions that you made uh-uh, and, and, and that led to where you are now. Sometimes if you were in a bad circumstance, you might even begin, Kenny, to tell me that, well, yeah, I made some decisions, but you might argue that others' decisions led you to where you are. That in some situations you maybe didn't have any choice, but Pete, even with other people making decisions, you're still responding to those decisions with some type of decision. You're making a choice along the way there, right? right? <clears throat> and you might would argue, as you look back, especially if those things aren't exactly where you wanted them to be, you might would make the argument that, look, if I only had made better decisions, Elder Martin, then I would have better outcomes, Right? I, I should have turned left instead of turning right. I should have chosen door number one instead of door number two. I, I should have gone up. I should have, instead of going down, wh- whatever the case may be, I, <laughs> Pastor Costin, should have gone to McDonald's instead of Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Pastor had a bout of food poisoning, and, and uh, he probably is thinking he should have made a, a different selection. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But it isn't quite that simple, right? Of course, look, hindsight is always twenty-twenty, right? Uh, and, and looking back is always more clear, and we kind of have this notion that, look, I, I just happened to choose the wrong thing. I happened to choose the wrong person, the wrong job, the wrong house, the wrong car, et cetera, fill in the blank, right? Uh, and if, if I only had more information, Lamont. And if we only had more information, then we would have made a better decision. But I would assert that it isn't quite that straightforward. Not quite that straightforward. And see, our decisions aren't just kind of these self-sustained actions, right? That are just kind of floating, not connected to anything. But our decisions are driven by what we believe to be true. In other words, even if you went back in that moment, you likely would not have made a different decision because your decision is not always based on the information that you see, but it's based on what you feel, what you believe to be true, right? So if we talk a little bit about our beliefs, we're really talking about our operating systems. Android. I, iOS, uh, all these different things, what is it that makes us run, right? What we believe about singleness, what we believe about marriage, what we believe about intimacy, what we believe about money, what we believe about parenting and so on and so forth is directly connected to what's in our hearts. Hmm. Ask yourself, what are your deeply held beliefs about your singleness, about your marriage, about your children, about your finances, about your time, about God, about Jesus, about the Bible. And and, and when you see what your beliefs are about that, right, then you'll understand better some of the decisions that you're making. It follows that if my current condition, my outcomes, my results in life aren't aligned with what scripture says, then somewhere, Along the way, I made the wrong decisions, and my decisions are wrong not because I didn't have all of the information, but because my beliefs are faulty. (laughs) And my beliefs are faulty because of what's in my heart. thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Complete in Christ podcast. If you have any questions regarding this episode or series, you can send them to questions at complete in podcast.org. Please include your name, where you're from, and the specific episode you're referencing. Also, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It gives us feedback that helps us to keep improving and provide some insight for those who may be listening for the very first time. Again, my name is Charles Wright, and until next time, be blessed.